0: nine works radio is your dedicated porsche and car podcast taking you closer than ever to the world's finest sports cars and the culture and history behind them
1: nine works radio is brought to you by nineworks.co.uk the innovative online platform for porsche enthusiasts nine works radio is presented by porsche journalist lee sibley 993 owner and engineer, Andy Brooks, with
0: special input from friends and experts around the industry, as well as you, our valued listeners. Enjoy the episode.
2: Yeah, I can't actually tell what's going
1: on under that beard. It's just like a blank expression.
3: (laughs) It's when he moves. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs)
1: uh, yeah, it's 32 years on this planet. It's the first time I've had facial hair, so. (laughs) 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 An upgrade from the bum fluff. Uh,
0: brilliant
1: <laughs> on that note we shall begin the last episode of nine works radio for the series
2: indeed 12 done well 12 we'll be done. done at the end of this it
1: will be done at the end of this if we survive so dear listener <laughs> at home or wherever you are in the world thank you first of all for tuning in um, and we hope to provide some mild entertainment but also a period of reflection because for this episode we're joined by uh, the two semi-regular new crew members max newman and uh, Neil Plumpton, alongside Andy, who's dressed like an elf for the benefit of the tape, and I sh- and I should say that you're dressed as the Mexican Santa, uh,
2: which is why you're slightly muffled this evening due to the <laughs> white beard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mexy Claus. Yeah. <laughs> Max is obviously fly rider, as we've discussed, and then. <laughs> I I think you're more Justin Bieber than where's Wally now.
3: I'll go for Justin Bieber, yeah. I think that's a
1: compliment, isn't it? Exactly. That's (laughs) why I'm going to go for Justin Bieber. I take it. So, yes, period Uh, of reflection. We're going to be looking back on the year and handing out our own Nine Works Radio awards and or gongs to nobody in particular because the categories don't pertain to that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Although who knows where it's going to go.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It could be as wild as uh, I think was it this time last week when Andy said, what are you doing tomorrow night, Lee? The reply was nothing, Andy. So the response to that was, well, come on over to my workplace about half past five and bring a Santa's costume. <laughs> so over we go. And uh, as ever with Andy, ask no questions, hear no lies. Turned up to be greeted in the similar outfits you're wearing now with the addition I might add of some rosy cheeks provided I by did. your uh, your missus lipstick yeah, I nicked her lipstick out of the drawer yeah very good it didn't and come off for again, two days
0: yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was funny so we, we put that video up earlier this week but Andy like kudos to you you are an absolute nutter because who else decides to strap a seat to the roof of their <laughs> 911? <laughs> basically you are a nutter uh,
2: it went quite well, didn't it? We didn't we didn't break anything
4: without no. any damage at all to the car.
2: Oh uh, yeah, zero damage. Yeah, I, luckily I've got a roof rack, um, which somebody gave me. I can't remember who it was, but it's a, a good stout bit of roof rack. Um, nice bit of plywood bolted to that with some new bolts, and then uh, a nice easy chair bolted to the plywood with uh, Lee installed. It was all quite sturdy, I think. Was I, was sur-
1: I was surprised it held under my ego, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was a bit difficult to breathe past 80, but.
3: uh... (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to you for getting up there though. That was very brave. That was very
1: brave. It was Um, Yes. So very much in that kind of spirit of things, we'll, we'll crack straight on with the, uh, the Works awards or gongs end of year awards for this, uh, for this episode. So, so Andy, go on then. What are the categories?
2: Okay. So here we go. I'll, uh, I'll bang them out. So we know what we've got coming up. We've got new car. Uh, What was the new car of the year that you liked? We've got drive of the year. So what was your best road? What was your favorite modified car of the year? Whether that was a a show that you went to or or online that you saw. Um, The best car that you've driven this year, old or new. The event that you enjoyed the most. A business or a garage or a part sales place. Who would you recommend? And you know who who, who did you well over this year? Um, a social media account. So maybe your favorite YouTube, Instagram, or I think we should add podcast into there. And lastly, oh no, not lastly. Sorry, we got two to go. We've got the what was your favorite Nine Works radio episode from this series? And lastly, what was your Porsche moment? What was your highlight of this year? All right. Oh, it sounds good. good. Has everybody got a good list? Yep. Well, I've got Excellent. a list. Got a list. <laughs> it, <laughs> Whether it's good.
1: Yeah. It, w- it would be good if you're listening at home. Um, to, if you can remember that order as well, to uh, comment on one of our social media posts that we'll do once this is out, and just let us know what your answers to these questions are. So obviously, us four How? as the team are just going to give our own, but maybe if we put up a couple of posts, it'd be it'd be nice to hear from listeners uh, what yeah. their answers to these questions are, and just kind of share all of that.
2: Well, let's do a post for each each question Ooh, over the week. Out. Very good, that's a good idea, yeah. and then that that'll be a nice conversation piece for our listeners, won't it? And ourselves, yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Who wants to go first then? New car, new car. When we say new car,
3: uh, we're not talking specifically Paul, shall we? Or are we? Uh,
2: um, I I thought it was in okay when I was doing it, but okay, it, it doesn't have it, to be. It's though. open. It's
1: open. It well, can be. it can be a rebel, Neil, if you want. Obviously, it will jeopardise your place on the team for the Porsche <laughs> and Car podcast, but you know. Well, if you, If you rate the new Dacia, then fair play to you.
3: (laughs) I just picked two just in case. That was all because I wasn't sure which way you to go. Uh Hedging his bets. Uh,
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Just for the record, my non Porsche one was the Lotus Amira, because um I just thought that was a really cool disruptive car in the market. And um I'm I'm championing that one. Not that I've ordered one. Uh, but I'm championing that car. I have you considered cool ordering car. one? I did. I have. I did. Um, but I didn't because um, I've got no <laughs> <room>. <laughs> And you I couldn't no think room. of what I would sell. And I couldn't think of what I would sell. So um, in the Porsche arena, I'm just going to go straight in. The latest one is the GT4 RS. I just think that's, I know we've all been waiting for it. I know it's been obvious it was going to turn up and all that sort of stuff. But having now seen it, and having now seen that Porsche have uh, finally got their launch specs sorted out, I think it's probably one of the best launch specs that I've ever seen on a Porsche. I think they've absolutely nailed it this time. Um, other ones I've been very disappointed with, as in colors and set up uh, spec and all that uh, sort of stuff. But I think the GT4 RS, you, you would want it in the launch spec, I think. And that's how good it is. But I think... Um, Looking at the videos out on it so far, I just I just can't find fault with it. It's just an amazing-looking car, an amazing-sounding car. And so you're going to get one of those instead of the Amira, then? <laughs> no, 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 no. No? <laughs> no. no, no. no but, um, it, what about the Blue Wheels? Yeah, love them. I absolutely love them. I love them. Get the um, visac pack on it as well uh it's an expense it's, it's a toppy car for um what is a cayman so uh it's about 148 grand if you want to spec it up nicely which if you think about it for a cayman is absolutely bonkers and uh considering so my 981 gt4 back in the day was very heavily specced and i managed to get it to about 88 and this one's coming in at 146 um just because it's an rs i guess but um I'm not too sure what a 718 GT4 was, but um, probably touching 100, I would say.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, I, I think it's an amazing looking car. So um, hats off to uh, all all concerned.
0: I think one? in terms
3: of the price, in terms of the price, I think it's,
4: it's an RS product, which is really significant, isn't it? The RS yeah. element almost overrides which Porsche platform it is, mm. um, as does the motor, I think, you know. That's such a special bit of kit, isn't it? That motor, you know, you get a lot of that extra price in the motor over a series uh, yeah, production true. DFI engine, don't you? Yeah, know? just Se- under 500
3: brake horsepower in a Cayman. I mean, that's that's you know, to s- squeeze that out of a Cayman is pretty significant. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so um that's my choice anyway.
4: Okay. Anybody else got that on their list? I didn't have that on my list, and I have to admit that I was pleased that Porsche did tease that car before they launched it in the states because i'd forgotten all about it that's how excited i was <laughs> um and also when i first saw it i didn't think it looked all that actually i thought it looked a bit um halford to coin the phrase what? but when i looked at it more closely and in more detail there's some really beautiful detailing on it and that sort of thing i'm not quite so sure about the spec i think i do quite like it i'm looking forward to seeing one but some of the spec some of the detail of the spec you know the um intakes in the in the side glass in the three quarter lights you know it's there's some really, yeah, really like nice that. things yeah Really, really trick. So it is cool, but I'd completely forgotten that it was coming. So that wasn't on my list.
2: I've just realized <laughs> that Neil's got the perfect hat for that car. Those those blue stripes match the wheel color, don't they?
0: I think ones. they do. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. Right then. So what's what is um, what's on your number one then?
4: Max? So mine, I mean, mine's really mine's really boring mine is a porsche but I, I was genuinely excited and i've always been excited about the launch of these cars every time they come i know it's boring it's a gt3 i always get excited about the gt3 yeah i always you know there's great anticipation you know i always buy the auto car road test and i put it in my pile and save it you know it's a real you know it's a real moment uh, for me it has been ever since the gt3 came out but especially since the 997 gt3 came out i've to admit so i was excited about that
3: well you mean to um, so say you didn't buy the total 911 one and Keep that in your pile. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've the, got the a pile of those. You mean? Okay. I'm a subscriber. I'm a subscriber. Okay. Good. <laughs> Every good. month. Good.
4: good. And a contributor. Don't don't forget. Oh, that's good. Young that's man.
3: Good. That's
4: good. Uh, so, yeah, I was really excited about the GT3.
1: So that's mine. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll jump in if that's okay, because I um, largely concur with that. I think the GT3 is always um, a super exciting moment for a 911 enthusiast. Um just in terms of like pinpointing which direction uh, the motorsport department cars are going to go in, really, um, the 992 platform was a hell of an evolution over the 991.2. I know with GT3s, generally speaking, you know, you jump out of these cars as a journalist and you're just absolutely kind of, well, just dumbstruck. And you just think, how on earth can that porsche's uh, motorsport department at visac honestly better that and particularly with the 991.2 gt3 everyone thought well that is that's peak porsche um and then the 992 came along and just shows that look, there's there's always something up their sleeve and that the well it's just so many so many different aspects of the 992 gt3 that are a huge step on over the 991.2 um in terms of that um, front axle in terms of the chassis um the shift on the manual cars so that was a big moment but i think to to kind of narrow it down even more, I think it was the Touring. Um, I, I just, I love the concept of a GT3 Touring. I think yeah. the 992 is spectacular. Um, and I'm gonna go even further and say, uh, I was really pleased to see the 992 GT3 Touring launched with the optional PDK gearbox, because as controversial as it, controversial as it might seem, uh, for me, the GT cars suit a PDK gearbox far better a manual shifter it's as simple as that um so yeah i think it's absolutely fantastic and i think um despite you know all these kind of uh decries from the purists i think we're going to see a lot of gt3 touring specced with a pdk gearbox so kudos to porsche for offering that that's that's my car of the year i think
3: yeah good choice good choice people
4: do seem and i know it happens with every new iteration of the 911 and every you know gt to gt and carrera to carrera people are managing to find fault or trying to find fault with it aren't they okay. you know with the front axle they're saying some people say it's too hard other people say it's not too hard other people say the front axle makes it brilliant other people say it takes some some character away from it
1: what do you think lee you know i, I haven't been in one so I, I don't know but well i've never really understood that i have to say i mean like especially the touring i th- i thought it was awesome and particularly i mean british roads they're pretty terrible um, I didn't jump out of it and think it's, it's overly firm at all. And, and, in fact, I felt that the 992 Touring, as I said in my video, comparing the 992 with the 991.2, mm-hmm. that the, the 992 has really kind of perfected the Touring concept just in terms of offering a better ride quality, um, in keeping in a little bit more sound deadening, for example, because I, I said from day one with the 991 touring that the sound was a little bit overbearing, and I know it's a GT3, but that touring aspect is is crucial. And yes, the car's built for um, you know mountain passes and whatnot in Europe, but you've got to get there first. And and, and yeah. you know that exhaust was actually was quite droney um, on the GT3. So they've looked at things like that. You know, rolling tire noise again was like really really loud. They've perfected things like that in the 992 um which I, I think just makes it an even better all-rounder if you if you think the gt3 touring is too firm well go and buy c2s go and buy gts there's 30 odd different nine uh yeah. models of 992 so there's there's kind of there's so much choice out there there's there's yeah. 911 for everybody so i don't quite i don't quite buy that where people jump out and go oh, it's too firm for the road well it's a cup car with license plates for a start so what do you yeah. expect yeah, yeah. well yeah, i got yeah. to
3: drive it when when we did the um GT3 comparison, and I know what you mean about the turn in, but it's something that you get used to and you get used to in a good way. It is very, it takes you a, a little while to get used to it. And it's something different. People don't like change because they like to be in a car and they like to um, know what's coming up. If you know what I mean, they know what's going to happen when you turn in, but when it doesn't, then people get a little bit, oh, whatever, but it didn't take me long I must say, to get used to it, and it was a very cool addition to the car. I must say, I didn't, I didn't so much like the manual gearbox. I thought it was just a little bit too clunky in that car. But then you can choose PDK if you want to. Um, but I thought, I, I thought the front wheel, uh, uh, the front turn in, uh, was absolutely outstanding. But it yeah. does take you a little while to get used to it. I agree, but once you do, it's cool. It's a, it's a cool addition
1: you almost have to recalibrate how you turn in with a 911 because it's so much quicker than even the Um, 991.2. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite marked how you can go from the 991.2 to that jump with the 992, which is essentially the same platform, as we say, kind of vaguely speaking. Um, But yeah, as I say, in terms of turning, you have to recalibrate what you would normally associate with the 911 because it's that good. It's, it's, it's kind of that quick and instant.
2: Right. Are you done with all your GT loving you lot?
1: Oh, go on Andy. Just for a few minutes. What, what you, have you well, got
2: you, then, Andy? GT GT uh, department. Uh, I'm a bit more regular, I guess. So it's, it's all GTS for me. Go
1: on then. What's um, your and favourite was... regular car for the year? Well, it
2: was, yeah, well, it was, <laughs> it was both GTSs that have come out this year. Uh, the Taycan GTS Sport Turismo. I think that looks amazing and would love to have one car. of those in the garage. Curveball? Yeah, definitely. That would so be, yeah, if I could afford a daily like that. Oh, they have that in a heartbeat, and the 992 GTS. I thought that that really surprised me, and how good that looked. So yeah, those those are my choices.
4: That Taycan is an incredible looking car, gotta say. Isn't it? Taycan Isn't it? GTS Portrismo, yeah, looks yeah. brilliant.
1: I'm yeah. I'm I'm going to say the um the, the Taycan and the um Cayman. They can't share the award. You got to pick one. Um, I'll stick
2: with the. Uh, it wasn't Cayman. It was 992 GTS. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. I would. I'd probably go Taycan. Would you really? Yeah. yeah. Contrable- wow. Right.
1: What a curveball. Yeah. for the Hands look up it, for electric. Yeah.
3: I think it's really clever the way they've done both models and one looks bigger than the other, but is not bigger than the other. Yeah. So the Taycan and the um, Cross Turismo. Yeah. Y- you would not believe if someone told you that they were the same size, but they are.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's really clever.
2: Yeah. No, here we go. That's fine.
4: Yep. Talking no, of the, uh, yep. the electric thing, I had something in my back pocket in case I got decried for choosing the GT3 and accused of being boring. I thought that, when I, mean, I didn't see it come in, that, that Mission R thing. Oh, it yeah, really that cool, looked good, there.
2: yes. That's a really great looking car. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And sort of stirred emotions as well. It wasn't, it. Um, you know, you didn't think, oh, it's an electric thing. It actually looked bloody amazing. I think and it inside, it looked like Singer had been spreading yeah. some some of their glitter on it yeah i'm not sure i've seen the inside actually oh, i look pretty mega it's pretty similar to a, a dls inside very similar sort of look and feel to it yeah yeah. yeah. Well, that's well, where I...
3: porsche are quite good because the the concept cars that they do come out with and they don't come out with that many you sort of think that it's going to lead to something serious it's not just an airy fairy idea it is actually yeah. going to mean something yeah like the Mission e did.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, if yep. that gives any indication to what Caymans and Boxers are going to look like going forward, that's pretty exciting, I'd so.
1: say. Mm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Even if they Agreed. are electric.
3: Agreed. Absolutely.
1: Good. Amazing. So, yeah, that's question one then. So, question two, on the uh, end of year Nine Works Radio Awards, we've got drive of the year. So, best road or best weekend. Uh, what do you think, gents? Do i go first again. Should you keep the same order? Go on. Mine has to be the
3: Yorkshire Moors trip that we did with uh, me and Lee did for total nine eleven, comparing oh, the two. You got to G2 love two each other, didn't you? Yep. Yep. Built, um,
2: built solid relationship there. Didn't
3: you? <laughs> <laughs> I heard they had to share a bed because it was so cold. No, we bonded over pizza and crisps. There you go. <laughs>
1: That's
3: how good it was. <laughs>
0: That's
3: um, all the best
1: relationships,
3: that. <laughs> it's just a lot of people talk about this country, you know, they talk about, well, At the UK, they talk about Scotland doing the North Coast 500. They talk about Wales doing the Evo Triangle. They talk about going down to Devon, Cornwall, doing those sort of roads. And no one really mentions the Yorkshire Moors. And I think you need to get yourself up there. Um, The big thing that I found about it, say, compared to Wales, which I did um, recently before the Yorkshire Moors, was the roads are sort of similar, but you can see a lot more in the Yorkshire Moors. You can see for miles and miles and miles. So you've, you've got a lot more road ahead of you. So you can um, prepare and, if you like, attack the roads a lot better um, in a in a safer way safer as well. safer way, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got no surprises coming up. Um, Wales, I found very, well, it's obviously very mountainous, a lot more mountainous than, than the Yorkshire Moors. Um, so you've got a lot more blindish corners. So you've got, it's it's a bit more short, sharp bursts, whereas the Yorkshire Moors was a lot more flowy and just really cool roads. And there was very good quality as well, very good quality tarmac. So that would be mine. That would be the Yorkshire Moors. And it doesn't take that long to get there either. So uh, that would be my 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 one, definitely. All right.
4: Shall I go? Okay. for My it. My one, mine's actually, and I'm not sure if I'll be allowed this again, um, although I haven't got a backup, so we're gonna have to go with it. Mine is a passenger <laughs> ride. So I wasn't even driving. That's all right. In my driver, is that okay? Okay. Yeah, there yeah. Uh, so we'll allow we'll m- that. Mine was a little burn that I had in a genuine 550 spider Porsche, ah. Um, oh, up yeah. and down the A3 on a Friday afternoon in London. Yeah. I was down in London to see um see the guy who owns it, Reiner, who was the first customer of Group C. And um and he said, "Come down on Friday afternoon, and if the and if the weather's okay, we'll go out." So I went down, and we, you know, we were talking about the arts and that sort of thing. He said, "Right, let's get the five fifty out. We'll go for a spin." So, you know, I got in that. I squeezed myself into the passenger seat of this five fifty. <laughs> it's a small car, you know, it's a small, physically small car. it
2: flow right with just
4: a little sort of aero screen, you know, across it. And we went up the A three like we were on the Tiger Florio. I've got to say, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. And then we went off and did a few laps of a few roundabouts. Ryan is sliding the thing about the place. Oh, it was pretty terrifying. Awesome. And um, I forget how fast exactly we were going, but we were going fast enough to make me think, God, you know, if, we, if someone pulled out in front of us here, this thing's just going to fold up.
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, moment. <laughs> like
4: a, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I tell you what, I mean, the thing is 600 kilos or something, maybe less and, you know, 150 horsepower, kind of Elise kind of stuff. And it was quick it's really exciting and i i had to admit um that i didn't know very much about you know that era of porsche or that type of porsche so i you know we chatted about it a lot and i've done reading afterwards it's a really 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 special car really Mm. rare car incredibly valuable car so credit to you know to to the owner to run for the the way that he uses it and the way he enjoys it it was i mean it's really exciting real special special time
1: that that's a money can't buy sort of experience that you know that Mm. yeah that sounds absolutely phenomenal
4: yeah yeah it was yeah. it was really something else really special really really special I'm very grateful to Rainer for that
1: mm. like it I'm uh, I'm assuming you're pressing for a drive with uh with you at the wheel <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be a bit too nervous actually <laughs> <laughs> right Rainer's set the lap time now for uh, <laughs> up and down the A3 so yeah. it's up to you from
4: there I'm angling for a go in the um in the 956 actually <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Sloppy seconds by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: awesome. Oh. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Cool. Who's next? Um my um my drive of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that um that trip that Neil and I did, I have to say, I'm gonna kind of mention that in a bit more detail later on. But for me, my drive um of the year for 2009 11 magazine um I had a 992 Carrera S manual um from Porsche GB and we did a really nice kind of road trip just through Wales um I think it was it was uh middle of summer post lockdown so it was kind of just the height of when everybody kind of had their freedom back so we just wanted to hit up the, the you know the best roads in the UK and I think the best roads that are most accessible. Too many are in Wales. Um, and for example, my favourite road in the UK, the B4391 from Bala to Festiniog is a cracking sliver of tarmac. Um, Elan Valley as well is awesome. Um, the Black Mountains, A4069, as I've mentioned before on the pod, is another fave. So we headed Such over there. Such a
2: number spot, aren't you?
1: Well, just years of, of driving, her, mate, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, we did the, did the feature, went really well. The photographer, Ali, went home. And I just thought, mm, I'm just going to keep going. I was on my own at this point. With this manual 992, so I just kept heading north, kept heading north, like sewing these awesome roads together. Um, And it was late on a Friday night, or was it a Saturday? I think it was a Saturday, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, so it was Saturday, and the world and his wife was at Goodwood Festival of Speed. So as you can imagine, the Welsh roads that are usually packed with uh, sports cars and, and motorcyclists, well, they're all in Chichester. So I feel like I had Wales to myself. And I got so far north, I realized the time I was still in Snowdonia at like 20 past four. I was meant to be home down on the south coast in Bournemouth that night. So I was like, I'm just not going to make it home. So um, I called my wife, said, Look, I'll I'll be home tomorrow if that's okay. Laura graciously um, gave me the the pass that I was looking for. Um, Portia GB said, Look, it's fine to return the car Sunday. So I just carried on into the evening, got up early the Sunday morning and and came back from what was mid Wales by then all the way back down um, to Cardiff and then east back to Reading to drop the car off. And I was completely on my own. And uh, yeah, I know it's kind of weird because yeah, I wasn't with anyone and whatnot, but it was just that, you know, awesome moment of man and machine. And I absolutely bloody loved it.
2: Sometimes the best drives are by yourself. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to be out with other people. I agree with that.
1: I think so. I, yeah. And do you know what? This is, you know, I don't know. You might not want to put this in the podcast, but there was a moment where um, driving through this valley, it was in a sing- yeah, yeah. It was, it's, um, single track road kind of hugging this cliffside. Um So I pulled over. It was really, really steep on either side. Um, so I pulled over, climbed up one of the sides of this valley, just sat there, looked down, and I was so high up there. I was probably there, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour, had some lunch. Um, a couple of cars went past. I was so high. They didn't see me. They were looking at the car as I went past, but otherwise it was just absolutely peaceful as you like. And um, then I got back in the car and drove off. And the only sound for miles was this flat six reverberating off the hillside. <laughs> and fantastic phenomenal. Yeah. And they're the kind yeah. of moments for, I think as a petrol head that, you know, they kind of sew your year together, really those sorts of moments is what you live for. So. Yeah. Good. What Love about really- you, Andy? Nice.
2: Uh, well, I've not really been on any epic drives this year. Um, it's been more sort of Sunday drives out and that sort of thing. But a couple that came to my mind were, were not to do with a good road. It was more to following a good car. Um, and that was following, um, Paul's nine, five, nine. Um, so we've been to quite a few things this year, um, with both of us, um, going him in his nine, five, nine and mine, nine, nine, three. And I remember coming back from, I've got two instances to quickly go through. One was coming back from oil cooled up at Bista, and it was the most epic rain that we'd, I've ever seen or ever driven through. It was unbelievable. There was one point where I'm sure I couldn't see out of the windscreen for about a minute. I had no <laughs> idea what was happening in front of me. And I actually had the window open slightly, and a bucket of water actually came in. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. But yeah, driving next to Paul's 959 in the, the actual peeing wet. You know, it was just crazy. And the other one that comes to mind is um when we came back from one of the Duke of London Porsche nights. Um we were on the M27 and I remember it was quite a warm night, so window open, and uh, Paul came past me and popped popped the pedal down as it were. And the car huckered down as it does that 959, which is just an amazing feeling. I've been in it when it does it and it's just yeah, it just sort of the back goes down, the front comes up and it just goes and the noise it made was just guttural. And yeah, it was just like, you'd never, I'd never forget it. It was un- unbelievable. So yeah, just a, a couple of um, instances of driving in tandem with the 959. Absolutely um, awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, the,
1: the the 959, I feel like it's designed it 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 was designed to be moving. I know that sounds silly, but you yeah. know other cars kind of look yeah, quite sculptural and you know obviously look lovely static. I just feel like it, with the 959 even when it's static it looks like it's moving fast. Yeah. It's cutting through the air and whatnot. Yeah. It's um yeah, a phenomenal phenomenal design. And as you say, yeah, when it's got that kind of famous uh hunkering down when it pushes on and that second turbo kicks in,
2: Oh, the light show from underneath the car. You can see the turbos glowing like on the road. It's just outrageous. Yeah. Amazing.
4: I've got to say, actually, Lee, that you and Paul deserve quite a lot of credit for, you know, changing people's perception and helping people to learn about the 959. Mm. So I remember when the 959 came out, you know, I've got the issue of Car Magazine, September 1987. You know, there'll never be another month like this. And, you know, I read some of those things, but I never really understood or I couldn't ever really tell you uh, have a feeling about what a 959 might be like, not in contemporary terms, not today, you know, and occasionally, you know, Evo did a little run up and down a runway in one of their pre auction things a few years ago, but that's literally all it was, but the stuff, you know, the access you've had to that car through Paul and the driving you've been able to do the video that you made uh, for your YouTube channel and the stuff that you've written in the magazine, it's really, it's, it's really enlightening stuff. You know, that's a really special car. So yeah, that's really nice for someone like me to be able to, you know, l- l- learn about that car. You know, it's, it's quite something. It's
2: great to understand the difference, isn't it? Because it's kind of been overshadowed by the F40 because the mm. F40 is just so outrageous. Um, and I think people try and you know, compare them, uh, but they're t- totally different in concept, really. The 959 is just, I, st- I term it as the future, you know, even when I've been in it with Paul, it feels like the future now so what it must have felt like 30 years ago when you know when that first came out it's just like crazy just
3: to rock up uh, somewhere like the duke of london place and it's just sitting there and paul doesn't mind you looking at it looking around it asking him questions about it and he's and he's just driven it from his house so he's he's like driven it on normal roads in traffic so you can ask him what it's like to drive in traffic and, and he he loves talking about it so
0: that's
3: yeah. that's a that's a real life experience of a supercar you, you you don't get to talk about um, real life experiences to many supercar owners because they only ever take them on, say, track days or on special journeys out to somewhere. But this this is this is real world stuff.
1: Real yeah. world stuff. I, I think you make a really um, good point there, Max. And it, it is basically, especially with these classic cars of high historical significance and importance, mm. um, as journalists we rely on the kindness um, of owners such as Paul, and obviously there, there, there are many others out there that are equally keen to have the story of these cars shared. And that's really important because mm. if the stories aren't shared, well, they die. Um, and, and that in particular, the 959, as I say, is of huge significance to Porsche and the direction uh, the company went in, let alone the car for the next yeah. 35 years. And, you know, again, if, if that car remains tucked at, at home, I certainly wouldn't have learned as much. And, and then kind of by by proxy that would have been the same for you max and whatnot mm. so you know for an enthusiast brand such as porsche that is really important and um you know i think well um for a start i've got two, two things first of all you know when, when these enthusiasts they're they're the, exactly the kind of people that should have um the gt cars or, or whatever because they use them as intended um and, and second of all i just like to make it publicly known that paul i haven't forgotten know you're a tank of fuel <laughs> you're just waiting for fuel fuel prices to go down yeah 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 we've got um yeah exactly that we've got a video coming out um very shortly of 959 versus 992 because as we know there's kind of a lot of similarities in spec at least between the two cars despite being 35 uh, years between them but um i actually had to borrow the car to finish some filming and it was in the height of the um height of the petrol shortage slash crisis here in the uk so i didn't want to be in a two-hour queue for the um local petrol station <laughs> while sitting in a nine five nine it's not not where you want to be really so um yeah i, I paul i owe you a tank of fuel mate <laughs> <laughs> excellent just um just
4: going back lee to your um your your time that you spent in that 992 um and that drive did, did, did that change your feeling uh about the 992 in any respect that's because you've driven a lot of 992s you know since it came out but that time and that drive and that enjoyment did you come away thinking have a, a a different appreciation for the car or anything like that
1: yeah definitely for me it was kind of like the celestial moment with the 992 really um i have to say i'm still not sold on its looks i think it's by far the ugliest rear end of any 911 ever mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not not a I've fan come of around that. i've no, come just,
2: around because i was i was i was similar but i've come around to that
1: yeah just yeah. A, a, and you know and again like i've taken a fair few pictures of 992s in the last four years and there's a certain angle i'll share it on my instagram and we can see if others see what i mean but there's a certain angle on a 992 rear three-quarter just does not work and it's because the back end of the car is so high if you think of a classic 911 that roof yeah. line tapers right the way down to the rear lights that
0: uh-huh.
1: you know sit at knee height whereas on the 992 the rear of the car it's so high um just looks a little bit awkward to me um so that's kind of the the gripe i think that will never really go away with the 992 but but otherwise max to answer the question yeah as i say it was the celestial moment for me because it made me realize just how much of an awesome all-rounder the 992 is um And perhaps the accusation that's been levied at the 992 generally, and I've kind of been guilty of saying it is, well, it's more grand tourer than sports car um, than ever before in terms of 911. Um, But actually, I think it's just a hell of a dexterous car um, that is brilliant around town and can hack the mundane driving and offer kind of comfort and luxury and all the rest of it. But then when you want to kick on, can flip the switch and it becomes a sports car in a way so you know its remit is kind of more expansive than any Mm -hmm. 911 before it so i actually think it's in terms of engineering it's it's a work of art um and as i said it was a seven speed manual you know um so often chastised that seven speed it's never been quite um perfected i would say uh but that 992 c2s it had a few miles on it it's you know that that gearbox it it was just lovely to me personally it didn't have like the clunkiness of the first time i drove that car um and again i thought it was really easy to live with which i never thought i'd say that about a seven speed stick shift but it was Mm -hmm. really easy for mundane driving and then you get into the mountains and you just go this this thing's phenomenal so yeah that's the the long answer to the short question you know yes without a doubt it uh, you know i i felt like on that trip um the 992 really came of age
4: yeah. so do you think maybe that if you were to get a 992 gt3 pdk seems like the best way of getting the most out of that car and enjoying it but conversely if you were to get a series production 992 it, uh, then to put the manual box in it add something to that car do you think maybe
1: yeah agreed i think like broadly speaking max yeah it, it ultimately as we know it depends what you would use your 911 for Mm. Um, and I think you know, Neil, you've you've been um, an advocate of that. With the different, you know, I mean, there's there's two 991 GTSs in your stable, but they're quite different because they're yep. used for different things. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good um, example of that. Um, I, I say all the time, don't I? Base Carrera 992. It's all the 992 you'd need. Mm. PDK marries up fantastically with that, but the seven speed is good. What I'm absolutely cannot wait for, and I'm sure it will come along eventually. I can't imagine a world where Porsche wouldn't do it. um, It's the 992 Carrera T, just the entry level engine and car with a manual gearbox. I I just can't, I can't understand how it gets better than that personally for a road car.
4: I'm working up to asking Neil if I can borrow some money so I can order one of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Keep chipping away.
4: Yeah. I've got a really nice Christmas card for him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good very
2: good right are we ready for next uh question yeah. yes yeah. I, that should be lee saying that shouldn't it in his mexican hat question
1: questione. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: uh
2: so modified car so what have you seen this year that's really um hit the nail for you
3: I'm going to go, and I know it's an old car, but it looks as though they're going to start being delivered this year. So that's why I'm going to go for it. It would be the DLS. Ah, And I guess guess it does step into the realms of modified because it, it, it it, it is off a modified platform. But it looks finally like these you know they're they're out there being first driven and tested, and all this sort of stuff. And um, if they haven't already been delivered to the first customers, certainly this year, I think um they 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 will be, uh, I think pretty soon. but um, um the DLS for me, I just think it's uh, I thought just the bass singer was um something that I would be privileged to own within the Porsche world, but then the DLS come out, and um, yeah. That's just quite something is not it It is quite something, and it is if if you are an owner of a DLS, I think what I like about it is because it's a, such a small platform. Nine Eleven. I don't think they're ever going to become museum pieces, really, because they're not like super super cars where they're quite awkward to drive. You know, they're 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 big, they're awkward, they're noisy, they're fast, or whatever. Um, I think this will. I I think you'll see them used because they are such a small. Car, yeah, I think a lot that, of the classic world used, don't they? Yeah, hmm. so I think so. For me, it's the DLS, I think that's a that project, I think is awesome. Think yeah, what a
4: cool. car! Hell of a car! Yep, 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 great
2: choice! Mm. Yeah, great choice. choice. Yeah, what's Mac- on my radar,
4: Max? Mine is um, I had two bit of air, bit of water on here, something for Andy. Uh, but my first <laughs> one is um, is Dale Buckley's 997. Oh, yes. So I don't know if anyone would know that. Uh, Andy yeah. and I saw that when we went to Rollhard at Bista um, and what Dale has done with his 997. So it's a bass-up black narrow-body 907 Gen 1 like mine was, but he's done, you know, if I was that way inclined and a, and, a, and a modifier and I had my car for a decade and never really did anything to it, but the stuff that he's done are the things that you would do in that OEM plus yeah. kind of way. He's got some GT3 bumpers on it. He's got beautiful... Uh, split rim bbs wheels he's changed the seats the stance is perfect but it doesn't look like he's trying to build a gt3 replica it's um you know it's it's different to that it's a really really lovely car yeah Um, i don't know dale we've swapped a couple messages on instagram but i mean the car's just you know having owned a standard version of the same thing i looked at that and i thought god i'd love to have done that to mine it's very much
2: like um, a lot of 964s when they had modified well. Mm. Um, they're not outrageous in adding lots of spoilers and stuff and crazy wheels. It's just a case of making it look really right. And, but I think he's done that sort of job on it. Yeah. There's a few 997s that are sort of popping up now that are modified in that um in that sort of way. Yeah. Good, good choice, Max. Yeah. And the other car you, you mentioned, the nine six four is a car that,
4: um, that we, uh, again, we looked at together. I don't know the guy's name, but I think the company's carbon collective that red nine six four, um, with, um, with gold sp- split room oh, on it. Yes. yes. That's yeah. a really beautiful car as well. Yeah. Um, good. you know, very subtly, but beautifully detailed car and the motor, I remember we sat and we looked, and uh, I think Lee, you were there as well, weren't we? I
2: think we were at Bicester Yeah, again. ITBs on it. God,
4: bloody! I mean, that's a beautiful car as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, yeah some some cash going into that car, I think. Yeah. yeah, It's
1: good. Tops. Yeah, both camps looked after there. Very good, very good. Um, I'm gonna go with uh for my modified car of the year. I'm gonna go with Andy Brooks's 993. Yay! Because Ooh, wow. I think um, what you've done with that car this year, Andy, has been absolutely phenomenal. It yeah. um, also put in your funny rainbow stripes on. I think took titanium spec Kahunas to do, um, and yeah. you went with it. You know, and it, it was it was divisive. Um, I personally have always said, thought it looks absolutely awesome. Looks slightly comical, but in a in a fantastic way. And no, um, way you know, done. yeah, and I, you know, even um, I, the front of the nine nine three. At the front of the 993, for me, that's difficult to say. Um, as, as to me, again, a, a outside of the turbo c 2s c 4s just looks a little bit tame. I, I think what you've done there with your kind of aftermarket bits, um, was it the TechArt front air Techart. intakes as yeah, well? Yeah. yeah. I just i just think that's, you know, it looks awesome and it looks like, it looks believable that it was out from the factory. Um, and I'll tell you what, Andy, I even loved that car when the MDF front splitter flew off down the A34, <laughs> I nearly it ended the life of an Arctic lorry driver. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, but you've you, you've made a nine nine three your nine nine three. You know, I think if anyone sees that on Instagram, and the car has shut down Instagram a few times, as Neil's pointed out, um, you know, it, everybody knows that as your car. And I think that's kind of kudos to you that you've put your own personal stamp on a car, and it and it kind of it still looks like factory believable as a factory car.
3: And he's not Pretty finished much. yet, by the sounds of it.
2: Oh, there's always more to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, plenty to do. Oh, thank you very much, Lee. That's very kind of you. The uh, the check uh, is in the post. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, equality. He made me say that. <laughs> Go on then,
2: Andy. Go then, Andy. I, I found this really difficult. There was loads of. Um, I love a modified nine six four. So um, there was. I had a few sort of running. There's uh, Frankie Newman. He's uh, over in the US. He works for Rotiform, and he designed the wheels that are on my car. The NFNs um he's got a lovely 96 white 964 with a set of those wheels on on it and it just sits so nicely um there was jay uh jay's uh mctoldridge his 964 black with the yellow bits and bobs um again a link to the nfns there because i bought the my nfn wheels off of jay um and they were on on his 964 before i think i know that car has
4: that got black wheels on Um,
2: it has yeah Black yeah, yeah, RS, RS is on it at the moment.
4: Yeah,
2: great uh, with car. yellow roll cage and sort of tart yeah. inserts on
4: the seats. That was at Rollhard on the on the Rotary Form stand. It was indeed. No, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the car. Yeah. Great awesome. looking car. That yeah, was on my list. Really
2: good. Um, and a link to um, Dale Buckley was uh, Chris Holman's Miami Blue Nine Six Four. They were parked together at Rollhard. Oh uh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah
2: um another amazing 964 and then of course there's always Richie Payne with his um with his ruby stone 964 so they really sort of occupied me trying to think what would I go for and they were all in the running um another car that really popped out to me this year was um Simon Farrell from PF 911 Interiors he built a 356 which was in a dark gray with a red leather interior um i think since sold that um but the build on that was just fantastic it was almost rod emery look about it and just so well built so well detailed
4: yeah i haven't seen that will you do a little post a little picture i will
2: yeah yeah it's a lovely car um and then another one that was in the running was um vincent uh De Pinsent in Vincent. The De Pinsent, he just made that. It. Let's just call Vincent him
3: Vince. Um, <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs> he's got um, it's actually a 912, but has been um, sort of rebuilt in a an STR sort of um, look. Oh, nice, nice. He's got a three litre RSR engine and it's in olive green, which is an amazing color. Um, and Frank Casty's actually bought it recently. Uh. Um, So it's traded hand. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that actually in the UK um, and seeing what that car's like, because I've just fallen in love with that. But saying all of that, um, the car that I would actually go for is the one that gave me my inspiration for my stripes, uh, which is uh, a guy over in the US. His name's Tony Sotile, um, and that's Pablo the Porsche, uh, which is a G-body Targa with um, some stripes on it. It's not greatly modified, but it gave me that inspiration to do the stripes on my car, and i just love the look of that, um, and I'd really like a G-Body Targa. Um, so, yeah, that's my – sorry for taking so long
3: over that. Well, that's definitely your category, mate. One worth a mention, I think, as well, is Toby Dyer's um, 993, completely restored rebuilt 993 remember we saw it at duke of london yeah you don't, you don't see oh, yeah, many. Yeah. you don't see many 993s completely restored because they're yeah. not they're not that old yet but his one was completely restored inside and out and that is a beautiful car looks it great is, yeah.
1: looks sits great on the fuchs as that's, well yeah yes, yeah, lovely, yeah lovely that's a cool car that's a while good we're car. on
2: 993s so we should also talk about Ch- Ch- chapman. chap chap chapman Ch- no, Chetman. Sorry, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not very good with the names today, as
2: per usual.
1: Vincent de Amazing. Uh, <laughs>
0: absolutely
2: amazing. Um, and his uh, orange nine nine three on a set of speedline replicas. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's a
4: good looking car. Yeah. yeah,
2: great looking car. So yeah, okay, done. Hopefully next year,
4: Neil, we'll be able to vote for your nine um, nine three C 4s on its on its new wheels. Yeah, uh, with uh, a bit of on- stance.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to go real speed lines. I've looked at a few that are that are a bit moody, and um, I think I prefer the real thing. So yeah. that will be good. Yeah, yes, yeah, should yeah, look, really look great. Cool. great. There's yeah.
2: a there's a set of those on um, eBay at the moment. Was it sixteen thousand pounds? And then yeah, postage was nine hundred and forty five quid. <laughs> Bloody hell! What does the oh car come God. with it as well? Yeah, <laughs> well, I think they're gold plated.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I knew I should have bought some of those it, back in the day before I even had my nine nine seven. Yeah. Partly because I was obsessed with 993 RS. I thought about buying some 993 RS speed lines, a set, I think maybe from Thomas Schmidt in, in, in Germany. Um, yeah. I think they were three and a half grand or something. You have definitely made money. Yep. I thought that would be a good yeah. thing to buy. I should have, mm. that's like 20 years ago or something. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I was going to do with them. Probably stick them on the landing next to my winter time. Well, along with the,
3: um, <laughs> along with the 10 Rolex Daytonas you was going to buy as
0: well. Yeah?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was never going to do that. I wasn't mm. that sharp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Right, next question is, uh, best car driven, old or new, during 2021? (sighs) Ooh. Well,
3: I haven't got to drive many other people's cars this year because of COVID whatnot and whatever. So um, I'm afraid it's going to have to be one of mine. So mine is my 1971 911S because the nice weather we've had this year as well, and it has been really cool weather, even up till today, if you like, you know. It's 11, 12 degrees out there. Um, I think we've had some phenomenal weather this year, some phenomenal evenings um, and weekends. So I've had a lot of use at the 71 911S. Super. Hard. So I think for me, it has to be that car this year. Excellent. That's a really great car, Neil. I love that yeah, I Yeah, think, I, think, I think this year's been a year for the classics, and I think it's a year... It's been a year to get your cars out and just drive them yourself because of all this COVID shit that's going on and not not give a damn about, you know, uh, damaging them, sorting them, chipping them or, you know, whatever. And because there's worse things going on in the world, apart from a stone chip on your on your 50-year-old car. So I think a lot of people have just, just decided that and just got them out and driven and parked them up wherever they wanted. You know, they're not so fancy about parking them here, there and everywhere. So um if you drove past like a village green with a nice pub on it they were all all parked up on curbs and all this sort of stuff and it, it was just good to see i think this year yeah. so mine's got to be my 71 911s yep
4: i think neil some people don't realize what a, sp- a special car that is in terms of rarity you know because it's, you know we're all so obsessed you know it comes from the gt3 thing i think people are obsessed with rs's and, yeah. and the production numbers
3: that's a rare car were you saying that I thought it was extremely rare till I went to a, a classics at the castle um, and and there was about 25 all lined up so I thought to myself yeah I know but they're not all right right-hand drive are they look like, uh, like mine uh, yes they were yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's not till you go to a place like that that you realize that yeah they are super rare in the in the bigger concept, but um, probably not as rare as what you think, but they are still rare. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what the number, I mean, someone told me there was only 32 right-hand drives in the country, which I think is ridiculous. Cause I saw 25 of them at one event. Yeah. But
4: at that event you're going to, aren't you? That's where yeah, they're going to be. they are going to be anywhere.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. So, um, yeah. But um, miles for miles, smiles for miles. Um,
1: that, <laughs> that, that one takes a lot of being. I think um, with the 911 the S it was, um, you know it's kind of equivalent to a modern day GT3, really. Um, and everybody seems to go for the 2.4s or the 2.4s is kind of the halo car, but actually, I uh, think I've said before, I prefer the 2.2s. Like the motor's a lot more zingy, um, you really have to kind of keep those revs high in that. Whereas the 2.4 has got a lot more lower down torque. Um, the, the, the 2.2 is an absolute hoot, and a lot of people that have the
3: 2.4 get them up to 2.7 s- spec as well because that's such a close. A close halo sort of thing for them you know to get them up to the rs spec yeah so a lot of people don't leave them stock but the 2.2 is just a little bit too far away so they tend to leave them as they are and like you say it is the better engine 100 and, i think mine's 165 168 brake horsepower
0: yeah.
3: um which is more than enough in a car like that i mean doing yeah. 55 to 65 on a b road in that it's phenomenal Absolutely. yeah on on
1: you know comparatively skinny tires as well compared to mm. like modern day so mm. yeah an an absolute hoop, an absolute mm. hoot um cracking max yeah i mean i don't
4: get the opportunity to drive many uh other people's cars although neil and i are going to rectify that next year when i <laughs> when i um when i go to visit um, so and um I thought about it partly, you know, when Andy asked you, Lee, if you had a little cry when you were having your moment with the nine nine two. But I, I, I did earlier on this year. It was a sort of post lockdown uh, thing. I had um, one day to go from my house to uh, to meet a, a client in North Norfolk, and then I had to go to my uh, to meet with my boss and then drive home. We're all on a Friday. It was a beautiful day, and I I was in my nine nine one and. It wasn't actually a particularly special drive, you know. It was a, it was a it was a typical Friday, but I did have a bit of a moment where I did nearly cry, because um, although I'd had the car, you know, I bought it in September twenty twenty during lockdown, I hadn't had the chance to drive it, that, you know, all, all, all that much, and I was just sitting in it, and I thought, God, you know, I'm so pleased to have bought this car. I feel so lucky to to mm. have it um and i did have a little bit of a moment i had to sort of just come and pull, pull yourself together and yeah. carry on driving <laughs> who's, but...
1: who's been cutting some onions in here <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly exactly i was like hey what's going on here uh but you know it, it's just a you know i say it's just a it's a you know it's a 991.1 c2s you know regular production thing but i mean it's a fantastic car it's easy to forget in a gt obsessed world that yeah. all 911s are really special cars absolutely um, and I did have that little moment in it, but that just came to mind. Cause Andy asked you about that. The other car that really had an impact on me was the, uh, 718 Boxster S that I had for a week when Porsche Center Leeds were doing the, um, pre-sale prep on my McCann and they lent me this, it was a PDK. So it's the two and a half liter, four cylinder car. Um, and I had it for a week and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I had the top down all the time and it really had an impact on, on me so much that. I, you know, I haven't stopped thinking about buying a Boxster since. But did you only really, love really, it because you it. knew you didn't own it? Well, I don't know. I have to admit when I drove it up to Leeds to give it back and take them a can, which was a new car for me that I'd wanted for a long time. I felt a little bit sad that I had to give it back and take them a can. I really liked it. It was the first open top car that I've spent any time in. First time I spent, um, you know, done any miles in a Boxster, um i i just i really really enjoyed it i even managed to find some affection for the four cylinder motor in the end you know that's how much i liked it i know um and i i really want a box to know because of that
1: <laughs> i always think like a good metric um especially like in the in the job i do um, as a journalist, like a good metric in, uh, as to where you can decipher, um, do I like the car because somebody's given me the keys and, and, you know, it's happy days. It's a right old jolly and I can hand it back <laughs> or yeah. v- versus, you know, would I actually buy this car is, would I buy a set of tires for it? If I go yeah I'd absolutely buy a set of tyres for that then I know I would seriously like own that. Um if you go now I'm not I'm not that fast actually then I know I'd be quite happy as fun as A drive was or a moment was I'd be quite happy long term to kind of give the keys back and like relinquish um fiscal responsibility for the upkeep <laughs> yeah. of the car. You know. <laughs> yeah yeah so would, no, would, would you would, would you buy a full set of tyres for a 718 Boxster Max? Yeah. Definitely.
4: Yeah. Fred Steins.
2: Fred
0: Stein's
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cheng
4: Shings.
1: (laughs) Talking of boxers. Vincent
2: (laughs) Vincent (laughs) Princeton's.
1: Vincent (laughs) Vincent. (laughs) Princeton.
2: Yeah. Have you seen um Duck and Whale have done a boxter? No. No. Uh check it out. It looks amazing. Uh in very much in the same lines as the charade um you know boxster they chucked it down a little bit put it on some speed lines um, some other nice details but yeah the boxster yeah. is that early boxster is really coming of age
1: there's so oh, much hype cool, about it now isn't there 100% yeah they are like that's that's kind of in a way um car of the year i know we've kind of already done that but um yeah. you know like people look at 986 boxsters in a way they haven't done since they were new it's yes, as simple absolutely. as that you know yeah
2: yeah absolutely fantastic well.
1: Good. um my right, what's kind yours, of then? yeah my car of the year and again i'm very lucky with the day job and whatnot yeah. um i've f- selected two um mm, we'll see so one i've put as uh, the 997 gt2 rs uh which is absolutely phenomenal car that is a little bit mind-boggling um the car was supplied to me by jonathan franklin cars obviously a nine works partner um check them out on the classified section um but it's yeah you know you you get in the car it's very ren sport to begin with obviously alcantara everywhere um six-speed manual lots of carbon fiber actually that's something else with the 997 gt2 rs it is the kind of car and although i'm not an advocate for just staring at a car all day i believe they're built to be driven um the 997 there are so many kind of tiny minute details on that car that you could genuinely spend weeks kind of pouring over and appreciating um it's a beautiful thing isn't it? it it really is and again kind of set the blueprint for the 991 cars that had to have like such an overtly technical approach to every kind of milligram of weight and you know millimeter of aerodynamic aid and all the rest of it you know it really is absolutely insane um but as i say so like very very ren sport but then obviously you drive the car and it's very very turbo so it's just this mixture of turbo and ren sport in a way that traditionally on porsche would present something of a juxtaposition Mm -hmm. um you know a, a genuinely unbelievable Uh, juxtaposition but that 997 gt2 rs marries those two concepts together so well um and again you know turbocharged 911's uh, traditionally have been quite quiet this Mm. thing's audaciously loud it's very like induction heavy noise actually um but yeah like so like i say like it's this really weird concoction but just the most phenomenal car and of course the fastest and quickest manual 911 ever
4: yeah, it's a 200-mile-an-hour
1: car, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is, 205-mile-an-hour top speed um, with a six-speed stick shift. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and, and this particular car, 3,000 miles from new, super, super car. Um, I think it came with the car optional carbon-fibre front fenders as well. They were 20 grand option new. And, again, it goes back to what you're saying with the 959. It's owners like that because the car was on consignment from Jonathan Franklin Cars. Um, It's the kindness of owners like that that, you know, allow – people like me to just tell the story really um so phenomenal kudos super rare car so Well, that yeah. was the,
3: like the 997 version of the Bisac pack i guess wasn't it yeah, yeah it I mean, was you
1: could yeah. Add, add something like that to it yeah. definitely yeah. and it, i mean you know from launch it was you know it's only kind of 2010 car but you put mm. that even next to a 991 gt2 rs looks old now mm. you know but just like it, it it spec and whatnot when it came out um you know like 80 horsepower it was 620 horsepower all in um, 700 newton meters of torque i believe i mean these were outrageous stats compared to anything else at the time it was it was kind of outrageous it's a bit like the gt4 rs Cayman. really it's a car porsche didn't need to build but it still went ahead and did it
0: hmm.
1: um you know m- maybe they knew it was the you know the last kind of high watermark car for, for manual gts um in terms yeah. of figures and whatnot i don't know but you know so, so that was cool and, and and the other one without waffling on too much was 964 RS 3.8 um Mark Sumter at Paragon again through through Nineworks uh video um allowed us to drive the car very very kindly via a French owner and again that car I mean one of 55 an absolute unicorn of the car you know mere mortals like me had no right to be anywhere near that thing um and again a really interesting bit of Porsche history because the gap, every, you know, 964RS, everyone thinks of the narrow bodied flat back 96436. But the 38 is a totally different beast in a way that's kind of, well, you can't really compare it to anything else. You think, well, 997RS, 38 to 4. No, the gap is bigger than that. Um, I would actually put it down to 2.7RS versus 3 litre RS, which, despite only being a year apart, was just such a monumental seismic jump on for the Ren Sport game. And the 964 RS 3.8 was was kind of in a similar vein, and again, kind of set the trajectory for the for the 993 RS that followed. So fascinating mm. bit of history, mm. and the, and the numbers are kind of comically low. Mm.
4: I th- and 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 a, and, a, and a good shout for the best looking 911 ever,
1: I think just you know again amazing outrageous and a a complete departure from the you know the quintessential 964 rs Mm. in terms of when you say 964 rs you think of a a narrow-bodied well ruby stone car really or Uh, maritime blue number um and this car goes against everything of that you know turbo arches turbo brakes um you know huge fixed rear wing on it and and everything else so really quite a good drive as well Uh, and unbelievably easy to drive max Unbelievably yeah. easy to drive. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of bone shatteringly stiff, it has to be said, but that says more about our own roads here. But um, an unbelievably easy car to drive.
4: Yeah. Cause you sort of look at it and you think, you know, it's got so much tire and in modern terms, not so much power that you think, is it just going to be, you know, will it be a good drive? So it's really interesting to see what you wrote about it and
1: and and the video, because it sounded really good. It
4: sounded That's like it. it's
1: a real enjoyable car amazing and again just like that quirky bit of porsche history and and it comes back to the kindness of these owners that allow us to kind of tell that story because otherwise i mean when else do you come across that sort of caliber of car yeah you know you don't is the answer so yeah thanks to jonathan and and mark for for that Uh, but anyway yeah andy what what about you you, my friend you gotta
2: pick one of those lee can't
1: i knew you'd say
2: that i knew (laughs) you'd say that (laughs) sorry you had me earlier so yeah
1: no fair play um in that case i will go 997 gt2 rs outrageous thing Cool. I'd, I'd, I'd pay for the tyres probably on, on, on the <laughs> drip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, so, Andy. Uh, I haven't driven that much this year.
2: Uh, last year was much more fruitful in, in what I'd driven. But uh, yeah, <laughs> when I was thinking through, there was uh, your KN.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a laugh. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, I very quickly drove um, a Martini Turbo with those crazy Furman seats, but that was just uh, basically moving it around. Yeah. Um, So I didn't really get to drive it, but it was, you know, an experience to, to actually pilot it just around a car park almost (laughs) around boxing. So, so yeah, I haven't had much choice to be honest, but my, my best car that I've driven this year is my new daily that I've bought, which is my little i3. I absolutely bloody love that thing. <laughs> bit weird, bit controversial. I was going to
3: mention my i3, but then when you said at the beginning, it's, it's porch only. I know. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. My i3 is probably the best car I've bought this year. Yeah, cracking. cracking. Absolutely yeah. cracking. But you I, and yeah, your
4: electric, the... Andy. That's your second. I electric. know.
3: Who would have thought it? Nice. It's good. It is good.
1: Yeah. So you're a bit, a bit controversial and we we'll carry yeah. on. Okay. We'll yeah. <laughs> very cool very very cool yeah. um all right next one event okay so i would say again events wise it
3: hasn't been a huge year for events because they have either been on or cancelled or whatever um i for me it's been um porsche club great britain london region out east third sunday of every month consistently good They even throw in a Sloan Square one a couple of times a year, which is epic. But I would say the third Sunday of every month, consistently so good out east on Fish Island, East London. Great coffee shop there. Great vibe there. You normally get about 40 to 50 cars all parked up around um, the edgy streets of East London, all graffiti on the walls and everything. You've got the canal there. You've got London Stadium. Um, Yeah, to me, it's it's just a load of like-minded guys just walking around the roads just checking out each other's cars chatting over coffee and it's a really cool vibe so yeah, that really good be. do that and um and uh the Porsche Club GB London region um uh, guys and girls that do it um are just they're so good at doing it so
2: yeah nice
3: yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. I'm looking forward to yeah. doing a bit more of that. Yes. Actually,
2: yeah, I keep wanting to go to that, but I haven't been able to well, um, up with anything.
3: The last one of the year is this Sunday, So, and the weather looks mild and good. So, um, yeah, that's where I'll be on Sunday at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's an early start for me, mm. uh, but it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it. Yeah, you did come along to one, didn't
4: you? Yeah, I, did. I had a great time actually. Really good do. Really yep. good do. Yep. Um mine um is I got into the habit uh during the summer when we had the nice weather, I got into the habit of going to the monthly Air Cooled Appreciation Society do at Caffeine and Machine. You mm-hmm. know, they do these themed Wednesdays. Um, I think Air Cooled was the last Wednesday of the month. Um and I got into the habit of going up there and it was a really good vibe. Um, you know, a lot of air cool v dubs, air cool Porsches. And uh, I go up there on my own typically because Mandy went up for it, and but always see some people that I knew. And there's one uh, particular evening I was hanging out with Dan Macken, who's one of the, you know, one of the guys who runs it with with Phil. And I've got to know him over the last couple of years. And he was there, and he introduced me uh, to some guys, Matt Edge and Simon Medleycott, and we hung out. Oh, they're good guys. Uh, yeah, really good guys. Yeah. And he introduced me, and we sat on the on the picnic benches, and the sun went down, and it was just a really, really, really good do. And it's quite a nice drive as well. Uh, uh for me so you know a good burn home definitely back to Banbury and then then down down to my house so yeah I really enjoyed that so I went you know a few months in a row and it was a really good really good do
2: yeah I've, I've been up there two or three times this year enjoyed it. it it really depends though on your luck sometimes you go up and it's like oh it's not as good as I thought it's going to be
4: that I found says. it's a particular vibe at the air called Appreci- appreciation society you know yeah you know they attract a bit of an older crowd you know they're quite expensive cars now you know split screen campus and things like that i just found that that's a particular particularly good event i think
2: yeah
1: cool Mm, superb um i'm gonna go a little bit inwards looking i'm very like no in fact i'm unapologetic about that because i thought it was it was phenomenal so second week of january seems a long time ago now um while we were in the depths of lockdown here in the uk um we did fried eggs virtual it just the concept was bizarre so it was just yeah. a, a live um instagram kind of broadcast and we just touched base with uh different 996 owners around the world so like we had a, a global fried eggs event in appreciation of the 996. i think we started um east of here in greece then we went to like norway popped over to the uk and ireland then we went east coast um then we went toronto then we went we finished up. Um, on um pch in in california so i mean what an awesome kind of thing to just get a load of like enthusiasts from literally around the world all together for two hours i just yeah, I'm I'm quite proud of that, and I, I'm yeah, really, cool. really grateful of everyone joining in. So just a bit pretty, different, wasn't it? And again, we we're nuts that it went ahead without too many glitches as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is it. I've never tried yeah. anything like that bef- <laughs> before. I don't think anyone had. So it was like, well, I'm, you know, if it don't work, it don't work. We'll also yeah. be watching Netflix mm-hmm. for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But um, again, because against that backdrop of we were a couple of weeks into what turned out to be like a three month lockdown, I mean, it was pretty tough going, wouldn't it, yeah. for a few yeah, people? Yeah, and you know, the cars are under in the garage. So yeah, just. just just nice to kind of be able to have an environment where we could talk Porsche or just albeit virtually. So loved it. Might do it again. Who knows? Cool. think you should. Yeah. Why not? Let's open it up. Like, yeah, especially if things are going how they are, but we won't, we won't get into that. But and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Andy, what about you, my friend?
2: Uh, I had a few on my little list. Uh, Air-cooled edition. I really enjoyed that. was by PJ Gibbon, uh guy that we had on the podcast and um, took us through that. Like, it was really good on the golf course. Really enjoyed that. And I pushed especially max i think it's not far from you get along to that
4: yeah yeah i saw i thought that looked like a good deal i couldn't go i
2: forget why but yeah, yeah i was disappointed not to be there that was really cool uh really enjoyed roll hard which was outside of the sort of porsche um normal show scene um so lots of different stuff there but really enjoyed that um went to brand's hatch but i can't remember what that was you were there neil festival of porsche. Festival, yeah, of
3: porsche festival of porsche yep.
2: what fun that was being in the paddock just yep. like full paddock access and great to be wandering around seeing all the stuff going on there um
3: and we had some very strange hospitality didn't we <laughs> strange
2: strange hospitality.
3: well paul paul managed to get us uh the very nice Porsche hospitality uh sort of tickets and food and everything but we were virtually the only people there. It was very. Yeah, it was quiet. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah. very strange. Yeah.
2: yeah, um, but probably my favourite, and again a bit more inward, as um, Lee was saying, was um, when we did that thing up at Carnatter, um, where we managed to get loads of people to come to this place in the peeing and rain, um, and that was quite a quite a quite a little event, really, um, really enjoyable. Uh, met lots of good people, um, good fun, good location. Really enjoyed it. So I think that was probably mine. That's the first sort of thing that I've got involved in organising in that sort of um, size. And it, yeah, it was uh, enjoyable. Yeah, it really was fun. really good. Actually, Andy. I mean, the rain was biblical, wasn't it? Wasn't for
4: the, it? Yeah, the for, for yeah. first first part of the event, but it was really good. And what a great crowd! What a great feeling of community.
2: Yes, I thought, absolutely. I thought at
4: that event particularly, I, yeah, I was there, I suppose, partly with my group C hat on, you know, and people, you know, came up and said hello and said they liked the work or they bought the work. And yeah, and it was, it was, yeah, it was really good. Really good Do Good. good.
1: Fantastic. I, it. I like the next category. Uh, it's your like business of the year garage parts sales etc um as the notes say but yeah it's, it's a you know a chance for us to kind of show our support for um the dear guys and girls that have perhaps looked after our cars or or, or whatever you know however we've yeah. come across them this year this is a this is a real nice little category this so what are you saying neil uh, i
3: can't go any further than uh, paragon so um i've got a long 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 history with paragon and um I sort of dipped out of them for a little while and went newer Porsche, you know, when the GT world went mad and whatever and hold my hands up to that. But recently, over the last two years, I've gone back that way. You know, you can see by the cars that I've got in the stable. And I think Paragon have been, um, they've been very up there in helping me get those cars. Well, the, the 993 and the 996. So, yeah, Paragon, I think, you know, you just go in there, you know, you chat to uh, Jason, Jamie, Mark, um, and Mark, they, and they've they got so much knowledge. I mean, I think Jamie's been there 28 years. So, yeah, you know, they've got so much knowledge between them. Um, you can just have a good, honest um, conversation about a car or about a car that you're looking for. Uh, and you know that they're just telling the truth and they're, they've got their real honest, down-to-earth opinion. Um, and if you buy a car for them, if you're lucky enough to get a car from them, it's 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 just for me. They're always perfect, absolutely always perfect. I've never, never, never had a bad car from them, and never will do either. So yeah, Paragon uh, Porsche for me in um, Five Ash. Can't wait to see your nine nine three. Yep. It's yep. Looking forward to seeing
2: that. Yep. Absolutely yeah, forward
3: yeah. to
2: that as well.
3: Yep.
4: Yeah, I'm a big supporter of uh, Paragon as well. I think that's well well known. Um, as is the fact that I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Lava Studios. Uh, Ryan there um, looks after all of all of our cars in terms of detail and ceramic coating and that sort of thing. Uh, but again, you know, I, I, I write about that quite a lot in uh, T911. I'm surprised I haven't been told off by the editor yet, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so Lava, I actually wasn't going to choose as as, as as much. This was the most difficult one. It's a tricky one, I thought, Andy, a good tester. And actually... St- people that came to mind a firm that came to mind a group of people that came to mind are the road rat team you know i love magazines Mm. i've always loved magazines um and
3: good shout good shout yeah uh, and the
4: road rat i bought into when i first heard about it because of mike harvey who's the editor and i was a big fan of him back in the auto car days Um, so i heard that he was behind it. i thought you know this sounds interesting Um, and they're based out of this heritage now, so yeah. I've had the opportunity to meet Mikey a few times, and Peter Grunert, um, I've got to know a little bit as well, and Matt Masters. Um, you know, they're really, really good people, and what they produce with the Road route, I think, is is, is absolutely first class. You know, it's not a Porsche magazine; it has Porsche content in it, um, but it's a great it's a great car magazine. Mm.
1: Yeah, so, I, I think that's a um, an episode that we should visit next series is magazines because yes. I think uh, you know as a as a um, quadruple you know quadruple threat that we are. <laughs> Um, I think we've all got quite a lot to say on it and then we can offer some insight. I think that's kind of quite fascinating mm. as to you know the, um, the sway that magazines perhaps once had and, and, and where they're going. And we can look at it from both sides, of the fence like inside and outside the industry. So let's kind of make a, a New Year's resolution while we're doing our end of year awards to have that for next series. We'll, we'll do one dedicated to magazines. So yeah,
4: I'd love to do that, Lee. I know we've, we've chatted about that. I'm just a, I'm, I'm a lifelong magazine junkie. So <laughs> I, I, I'd love to do that.
3: <laughs> and also, they've got Guy Guy Berriman there, obviously as well, who's um, the Coldplay yeah. guitarist. But he's he's a he's a genuine proper Porsche, car guy, Paul Paul Chan car guy. Yes, with an amazing collection of cars, amazing collection. Yeah. When we do that one, Lee, I'll bring out. I've got
4: um, you know, I've got the Auto Car magazine with the 964 RS road test in it. That's a great thing to look back at and see what they thought about that car at the time. or awesome. I've, I've got the 993 road test again. I got all that. All that stuff, I you know, I love it. Yeah, let's do that. Yes,
1: excellent. All right, yeah, let's let's do that. Um, yeah, okay. So, business of the year for me. This is a little bit left field. I'm just trying to have it so that we don't all just kind of bang the drum for our local um, independence or whatever. Although I will say, right tune or blinding. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm actually going to go um, the Porsche Museum in Germany. Um, specifically, the guys and girls in the archive, and the reason is, I think when I went over there in September for like it was the launch of Nine Works predominantly um, I worked quite closely with those uh, guys and girls there over a number of days and I think what was most striking to me was the genuine passion uh, genuinely flowing through the veins of those people to to them it wasn't just work it wasn't just a business um, it was a life and and I think it's you know unless you kind of um, live in Stuttgart it's kind of hard to comprehend that actually if you live in Stuttgart you work for Porsche or Bosch or Mercedes and you don't really, you, you don't dream of going anywhere else. We're kind of quite mercenary in this country. We hop around on that kind of, you know, commercial bandwagon or whatever mm-hmm. it is, corporate bandwagon, I beg your pardon. Um, whether's whether it's there, it's kind of, it's a real way of life. And, um, you know, they they run a fantastic enterprise at the museum, it changes every three months, you know, you, you could go there four times a year and see, you know, four completely different displays um, and versions of Porsche history that are all just as relevant as another. Um, and again, it comes back to what we're saying, you know, if these stories aren't told, Porsche loses some of its identity, and and, and those guys are kind of they intrinsically understand that, and and they are very very passionate about protecting that legacy that makes this brand perhaps a little bit more special than others. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me, that's um, yeah, the, the, the guys. The next time
3: that, you go over there, can you just ask them to open up a Porsche hotel though?
1: I'm mm-hmm. sure it. I mean, it won't be long. Obviously, there's. I can't there's believe they haven't done it. I just cannot believe. Yeah, they done there's it. there's not a lot of space left at Porsche Platz, is there? For a start, um, and actually, funny enough, I think I might have said before, but the Porsche dealership on Porsche Platz isn't owned by by Porsche. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's a franchise. <laughs> Un- unbelievably but they're, they're really you know i mean there's a you know um like the taikan line i think from the paint booth um it, it goes over the road doesn't it like literally over and above the road so they're, they're really short on space so i'm sure if they could cram in you know a 300 hotel paradise somewhere in that industrial heartland then uh, yep. then i'm sure they would but um yeah the other thing that cool. seems slightly unbelievable is that i haven't been there oh really. max it's a oh. rite of passage it's i know an absolute rite of passage. Um we will yeah. go there. Well
3: well
1: you That's were talking rectifier. about the
3: uh 9 works road trip so there you go.
1: Well yeah, I don't know if I should say in a public forum, but uh, there will be because next year is 25 years of 996. Um it would be a shame if somebody didn't organize uh, a road trip for 996 is back home. Mm. Watch watch this space. Okay.
4: Gotcha. Andy, I think we're going to have to do a Z plan 50 50 on a 996. <laughs> these, these boys have got them and we haven't. Let's well, get one. Well, maybe
2: we can just passenger with these two. Yeah, I, mean, I true. suppose. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Yeah, that'd be good. You don't need um, to be driving
1: all the time, as long 100%. as they don't mind me driving. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Go on then, Andy. What about you as right. a business?
2: Yeah, um, businesses, garages, etc. You know, I don't use garages much because um, I get my hands dirty. So I'm going to go for parts bits that I buy um and something that I think is hugely underrated um in the sort of car you know owners um arsenal of where to go is actually to go to a local Porsche dealer and buy parts from there and um, you see so many people you know where did you get that part what where did you buy that where can I get this well just go to Porsche you can get it and most of the time it's cheaper than any of these guys that are out they're, uh, you know, the other parts guys um, selling official Porsche Porsche stuff. You can buy it cheaper at its source. Um, make sure that it's authentic and normally available next day as well. If it's if it's not on the on the shelf, so I really push everybody to when they're looking for parts, actually give your Porsche Centre a ring and and uh, see what they've what they've got and how much it is. You'll be surprised.
1: It's definitely worth shopping around I'd say there can be surprises but yes absolutely um, it, it's, it's not yeah. you know always the case I needed an alternator a couple of months ago Um, I, I got a Bosch one for 427 albeit reconditioned but a, a new one was a couple of hundred quid more um, yeah. Porsche wanted a 1083 and it's like I view an alternator as a consumable part really yeah. in the grand yeah. scheme of things so, yeah. I mean so it's, it's a hell of a yeah, difference that's, well, that's with i I'd agree on that sort of well.
2: that sort of stuff so yeah you're your big ticket bits but if you're looking for um i know trim parts for your car um you'll be amazed at how cheap um like screws and clips and bits and bobs like that are at porsche and you can buy everything new and um, you go onto ebay and look for the same part and you'll probably see that it's twice three times the cost that you pay for it at um, porsche so yeah, it's a good always, advice. yeah always always shop around quite right i'd say yeah
1: Good consumer advice there from Andy Brooks. Thank you very much. Cracking, Andy B. Um, Okay, then. So uh, next one is social media accounts. So we'll extend that to your favourite YouTube um, or Instagram account. Uh, Did we say we're going to throw podcasts in there as well, Andy? Yeah,
2: Yeah, let's do podcasts as well. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Cracking. All right, then.
3: Awesome. So I would go YouTube, um, Harry's Garage. Excellent. Choice. Um I think he's a he's a very 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 good um video videographer of cars gives a really truthful uh overview tells it warts and all doesn't just um give the good uh, the good points very good on his um numbers stats and everything like that as well yeah. w- without being overpowering so it just gives you the stuff that um you need takes it out for the drives and um yeah just uh, just like a layman's view on um supercars and other classic cars as well have you seen the turbo yeah 9 turbo sport turbo s
2: did you know that a turbo s existed in 930
3: never heard of that before never heard of that car and and to be fair i don't think he had um until well he 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 said he's a car he wanted but i I don't think he knew about it until recently so yeah yeah
0: Yeah, so fantastic uh,
3: but yeah lovely car very nice car i would say um um podcast spiked car radio takes a lot of beating i would say
2: yeah, it's on my list. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'd say that's a good mix of car stuff and just guys just chatting about life um, and just, you know, just general banter uh, yeah. that uh, we all like to hear funny um, as well as sometimes serious. Instagram, I haven't really got a favorite one. I think, I think they're all much of a muchness and I, yeah. I don't think there's an out, a standout one out there. But yeah, so those two I would go for, Harry's Garage and Spike's Car Radio
4: all right
3: good cool um t- tricky category this
4: one because there's so much out there mm. i think for Porsche content on youtube i think it's difficult to look beyond the stuff that lee does to be honest but oh. i thought i thought i can't really say that because everyone's gonna say so he just said that because he's your mate so, uh, <laughs> well you're uh, not my
1: mate so don't matter <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh,
4: you know going back to the nine nine five nine thing you know if people have you know are interested or curious about the nine five nine and they haven't watched Lee's video about that you know you've got to get on there and watch it because it's mm. enlightening it's really good You're but very
1: kind mate
4: um but the other thing I've just been switched on to quite recently on YouTube I think it's doing really good is Jodie Kidd and she's got this new YouTube channel yeah she's she's got some um, the most recent thing she's just uploaded is an interview with Maximilian Cooper from Gumball 3000 that's really interesting but the thing she did a couple of weeks ago with um um with the 10 tenths cars with Nick Mason's wife Annette Mason, you know, who's who's quite a hand in her own right in the car. Uh, is is just great. It's it's Ferrari stuff, but it's 250 GTO competition mm. Daytona. It's a really good, you know, really oh, good cool. video. She's doing some good out. stuff. I'd I'd say check that out. Yeah. Um Instagram, you know, thing which I thought was such a great idea. I wish I'd thought of it, uh, was the thing that Andrew, um, Andrew Frankel and Dan Prosser are doing with Intercooler, you know, yeah. the way they were doing, you know, 10 tile Car car reviews um, with that thing. I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of respect for for Dan and um, Andrew in their writing. I find their podcasts a bit hard going sometimes, but I think their writing is first class. I think that's a, mm. that's a great thing that they're doing there.
3: I would agree on that. Yeah, definitely yeah. on the podcast front. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: I mean, and in podcast terms, I'm such a fan of Spice Car Radio. I think Spice Car Radio turned me on to podcasts.
1: Yes, yeah.
4: To be honest, in terms of what could be, what could be done, and what you know how how enjoyable it could be
1: spot on. Yeah. Good mix in there, Max. I'd say mate. All
4: right.
1: Um, yeah. So for me, I would say, uh, with regards to Instagram, you know, I really enjoy following uh, Barnsport. We've had, um, Scotty on, on the podcast a couple of times, talk about a few separate things. Yeah. Um, and what I really, really like, uh, about that is uh, in kind of, I think Neil, when he said, it's just much of a mustiness. There's, there's a lot of dross on social media, generally a lot of look at me is about, Um, But with barnsport, there's an explanation for every single picture that goes up. And if kind of like me or, you know, mechanically dyslexic, I think is the best way to put it. um, You know, you you learn a lot, genuinely, you know, you really do learn a lot. And you don't just learn about, you know, in terms of like everything else, oh, so-and-so bought a new car. You know, you you genuinely learn bits and pieces about how these cars are built, yeah. made, put together, maintained, restored, fixed, and everything. So, um, you know, and I know that takes a little bit of time for for Scotty to kind of yeah. continuously bang them out on a daily basis. So, um, keep going, mate. I would say because we're all learning something. Um, top bloke, Scotty. Yeah, yeah, top man. He's uh, you know, and again, it's 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 really good. It's really educational. So we we do appreciate it. Um, I don't terms- know how how does he. How does he? How's he? Where's his
2: time? He's got more time than other people, surely.
0: Well, this is my point. He he definitely fixes about
1: twenty cars a day, and he puts out all that stuff as well. It's just like yeah, yeah. I wonder he's if the I, I wonder if the accompanying uh, Instagram post is built into his hourly rate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find out. Um, so yeah, for for YouTube, look, I just want to do a bit of a shout out to Andy at the last rasp because um he, he's yes, uh, self-described as um yeah, flat six counterculture down under um in Australia. and to be honest with you, production quality alone is oh, absolutely yeah. phenomenal like to, to a level that I can kind of, scarcely believe for like a one-man band sort of thing um so yeah. really really good for if you want to watch a well put together video um that's presented and edited by a proper Porsche enthusiast get onto the last rasp please and he
2: he also joins oh, no. James on Auto Amateur for their podcast yes um and yeah it's amusing
1: and uh, engaging
2: and and it, add, yeah adds to James's podcast
1: yeah, that's it. And to be honest, that's kind of how I um, came across Andy to begin yeah. with was via James and, and, and his, you know, equally brilliant YouTube channel, um, Auto Amateur and podcast. And we did a little something, I think it was the start of this year. Um, and yeah, like there's a real enthusiasm from Andy that's obviously matched by James um, and it's yeah. it's infectious really. So it's nice to kind of get caught up in that when you watch the videos. Um, w- w- without it being kind of overzealous, or again, like look at me and stuff, you know, I've got mm. no interest in that side of things. So, yeah. um, again, like really, guys, I- informative and really, really elegantly um, presented and, and, and edited. So, tops. Excellent. Good. What about you, Andy?
2: Well, I've got a long list again, I'm afraid, but I'll try and get through it quickly. Um, a couple, there's one that I really enjoy, and probably nobody's heard of it. And it's called Greasy Fingers YouTube channel uh it's a guy in germany called johannes and he puts together like you were saying about um andy's last rasp production it is amazing his production he's um he's basically rebuilding a, an alfa romeo but he's also got a what turned me on to it is he's got a g body 911 and he's done lots of little bits and bobs on that um fixing it you know upgrade upgrading it um restoring Sections of it and it's really nice videos to to watch and learn from. Um, so yeah, I'd really push everybody to go and have a look at Greasy Fingers. Some great stuff on there. Uh Johnny Smith's The Late Break Show. Really yep. enjoy his stuff. Um, both as a YouTuber um and also his Instagram um stuff is good as well. Yeah, that is good
4: stuff. His mm. his two-part interview with Matt Neal and Jason Plato yep. is gold, gold it's
2: hilarious yeah. brilliant yeah. absolutely
4: brilliant
3: and the two-part one he did with chris harris as well didn't he?
0: Yeah.
2: yeah that was interesting as yeah. well yeah that was good yeah he's just got such a good style about Johnny. He's mm. kind of like relaxed and mm. but technical and he, yeah he's a good all-round guy um another one that's a bit like greasy fingers is island work sweden uh another yo jonas um he's in sweden he's got a 964 he's building a a sort of track car out of a 964 and he's done some great informative um videos um on there so i'd really push anybody to that um henry catchpole on Carfection, just brilliant that's cool yeah he's good stuff he does is amazing Mm. um podcasts that i enjoy are sparks spikes car radio again really enjoy that and um, overcrest with Chris Creswell and Jake Solberg. Um, Chris has recently started a white YouTube channel as well, and he's putting out some good stuff. Um, so would I have to pick one out of that lot? Probably Spike's Car Radio.
1: Sorry, Absolute quick, pucker. quick rundown there. No, it's good. That was uh, yeah, and Andy, uh, <laughs> Andy Brooks is top of the pops, I think, for all things social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
0: very
1: good. Well, I did miss one um, out. That was um, Misha. Uh, Cor-
2: well, I'm going to absolutely crucify his surname, which is Char mm, Charadin. Um And he did that little um, 993 um, sequence on YouTube. It was about six or so episodes about a 993 that was rebuilt by uh, Manti Racing. Uh, that was fantastic. His stuff is good, you know, for someone who really
4: understands and knows the Nürburgring and yeah. d- does some interesting content around that. His stuff's, yeah, really good. Really yeah. interesting. Quality. Right, finished. Right. Sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well played, mate. So penultimate question, we are getting there, listeners, I promise,
0: yeah.
1: um, is uh, our favourite Nine Works radio episode. I want to mix this up. So I want to I ask Andy because I am thinking we might pick the same. So I think let's get us out of the way, then we can ask Max and Neil. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know which one you're going to say. Why, why, why don't we say the same? Uh, why don't we say it after three? I'm sure okay. it'll be the same.
0: Right.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, so we go one, two, three, two, three in, two. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Derek Bell. Derek Bell. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was my one as well. It is was my it? one as well. Yeah, 100% my one, yeah. Is, is that full house? What, what what are you saying, Max?
4: Uh, I was going to say the right tune one. Oh, right. I like That was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Really, really enjoyed it. So much so that I haven't dealt with my... Um, loose trim piece yet from my my pigeon incident i'm going to go to right tune that's going to be my first visit and ask them to fix it for me
1: well i tell you what it's funny you say that because the it's a well-known fact that the only difference between Derek bell and chris wright is the fact that Chris Wright hasn't been awarded an MBE yet? <laughs> so <laughs> That's the only difference between those two fine human beings. So, when he hasn't
3: won Le Mans five times, no, 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 no.
0: Uh, yeah, that's it's, immater- it's immaterial. That's, that's, immaterial, yeah, yeah, that's
1: immaterial. Yeah, yeah. Give okay. Give Chris Wright a nine five six, and he'll be away. It's no problem. <laughs> it's no problem. That's really good. I'll tell you what, Max. It's worth pointing out again, and this is just in terms for you know for people listening at home and and the lengths that some people go to to um, to make the podcast happen including you fine gentlemen, giving up your evening as here. But, um, you know, we asked Chris to come on the podcast and do an Ask the Expert. We threw open his knowledge to the mercy of the public by virtue Mm. of that Mm. Q&A. And he kindly, at the end of his working day, as we said, you know, got in the car and drove two and a half hours down to us on the South Coast. So huge, huge commitment from the guy, Um, all in the name of the podcast. So fantastic. That's really awesome that you've highlighted him there.
4: It was really good. You know, it was so, it was very candid, you know, great advice. It was funny. Mm. Um, you know it was really really good and then and, and then of course got to mention Kyle who was on there as well you know I, yes. I, I yes. always want to listen to what Kyle's got to say or anything that he writes so you know overall I thought that was a that was a cracker mm. I good. mean Derek Bell is my favorite racing driver uh but sorry
1: Derek <laughs> sorry, sorry Derek. it was it was so awesome to um to talk to Derek via this kind of podcast medium and, and I think what was really special Andy I, I don't know what you think to this but I mean, he just gave us so much time. We were not oh, rushed yeah. at all. It's not, you know, sometimes you get the old boy, I've got an hour, guys, um, you know, which would have been fantastic in itself, but we were not rushed and we had this fantastic chat. And, and as ever with Derek, you ask one question and, and, and he's off for 15 minutes and just gives mm. you all these, you know, just this like stream wonderful, wonderful. of anecdotes yeah. and insight. And again, that's, I mean, if people like Derek don't say this, this, this sort of stuff is lost. So,
2: yeah, no, it was yeah. great. It was really good. Really
1: good. Was, was
3: and you know what? That's a podcast you could listen to three, four times. Oh, yeah and, yeah. and you'd pick up different things every single time. Every yeah. single time.
4: Great. Yeah, great, and to great. You, you guys for getting Yeah, day, well done. A, he's well a done. legend, you know. Well done, he,
1: yeah. And he came on the podcast and he did a great job. Oh, thank so you know, you. well it's done. done, to done. You two. We were chuffed. and and one of um, many awesome guests that we've had on this series. And, and thank you. Such a- <laughs> such a very again we've done such varied
2: stuff haven't we um i had a little follow my sort of second after derek was um our crazy interview with Ren 11 and uh, retro mm. classica um, which funny. was just yeah. hilarious and uh, took a lot of editing to take out all the uh, f's and buggers and um, <laughs> but yeah really enjoyed that and i've enjoyed every every episode that we've done It's been brilliant.
1: We've we've had a a glittering array of guests on uh, Nomex Radio this uh, series. Uh, And to be honest, plans are in place to kind of repeat that in the new year. So please do stay tuned. Um, On to the final question. I really like this. It's super subjective and super personal and I Mm. really, really like it. So um, it's your Porsche moment, gents, your highlight of the year of 2021, please.
3: Well, I'm going to go a little bit left field because I think um, we've we've covered a lot of Porsche moment stuff, I think, during the year with drives, cars and everything like that. So um, I think hands up and congratulations to Porsche for their figures that they managed to deliver um, this year in the world of the pandemic, chip shortage and everything like that. Their numbers um, that they managed to sell and delivered cars which was 217-odd thousand. Um, I think that's a phenomenal effort, and it just goes to prove that the brand is going from strength to strength. Um, and more and more people are buying Porsches. You know, just talk to your OPC uh, dealer principal about the time you've got to wait for, for a new car. Um, and it's just, it's just, you know, the brand is just going from strength to strength. So kudos to Porsche. I think you've done a fantastic Fantastic effort during um, the pandemic and everything. And the numbers that you've managed to deliver, unbelievable. Unbelievable. 14% up, I think it was, worldwide on the uh, previous year. So, amazing. Who's
1: who's the brown envelope from, Neil?
3: Um... (laughs) I'd like to know someone within Porsche, apart from my dealer principal, is about as high as I go, I'm afraid. So, yeah, but I I was, you know, I thought we'd we'd have covered a lot of the other stuff for your favourite Porsche moment during the year. So I just thought I'd go with a little bit of that and just to give a nice bit of information to the listeners as well. So 217 odd thousand cars delivered worldwide, which is up actually 13%. There you go. Um, Can anyone guess what was the um, most delivered car? I can. McCann? No. Taycan? No, Cayenne. Cayenne. Really? Um, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't win by many. Only, only by 451 cars out of 62,000. So Cayenne was 62,000, 451. McCann was, was 62,000. Taycan, oh. t- Taycan and 911 was 28,000. 718, Boxter and Cayman, 16,000. Um, uh, and the um, Panamera, 20,000.
4: I saw a little chart of sales figures and there was a little picture of you, Neil, and how many that you bought. You right?
0: <laughs>
3: I haven't bought one new car this year. Yeah, there, you okay. there you go. There you go. There you go. Paragon. On, Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll go.
4: Mine's very, you might say, self-indulgent. I'll say it's very personal. Uh, it's two things. One is the Group C venture that my friend Hugh and I started. Um and we talked about it at the end of 2020. We sort of launched it, if you like, in a very soft launch way um, at the start of this year. And we've sold pictures. We've sold pictures of Porsches, uh, you know, things that we've created, that he and I have created. You know, the first one was was to Reiner um, of his 956. But we've sold, you know, we've sold lots of other stuff to, you know, to lots of other people. And um, I'll say about the other one and then come back to it. The other was getting... Um, writing published on Nineworks so I've been doing my T911 column for a couple of years now you know I see that as a slightly different thing because it's just my sort of monthly musings about what I've been doing with my car and that sort of thing so it's not you know sometimes it's not that hard but the stuff that I have been doing for Lee at Nineworks you know almost feels like proper writing if that makes sense because it's you know it's stuff that I really have to think about so to (laughs) get that to a standard where Lee's happy to publish it um, is something that I was quite proud of. So, mm. the the common factor there between those things is is it's Porsche stuff, you know. It's things that's mm. taking me from a armchair enthusiast and owner to, uh, you know, to you know, it, it's getting me further involved in the in the Porsche world. Um, you know, whether e- either of them or a combination of the two will ever become commercial ventures, I don't know. But it was both significant things for me this
3: year. Well, I have one of your Group C um, posters on my downstairs toilet wall. You do?
1: I do. do. What an accolade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's awesome. And you should be proud of that, Max. And what I would like to ask is uh, where, obviously, like with with Group C and and the writing is extracurricular, of course, it's not your day job, but um, you you go into things like that, obviously, fueled by passion. Um, You know, when these things kind of become regular, You know, does that kind of dilute it or does the passion kind of keep you going? Like, you know, it's quite an interesting kind of concept, really, or proposition.
4: Um, With the pictures, it's exciting every time somebody wants to buy one because the thought that it's going to go on someone's wall, you know, something that you and I have created. Someone's actually hanging it on their wall (laughs) in their, you know, be it the downstairs toilet, the garage, (laughs) wherever it is, the fact that they're going to put it on the wall. That's the, you know, that's, that's quite, you know, that's quite something um and the writing thing you know i never you know i was talking about it with um kyle you know it's exciting to see something that you've written. you know i wanted to be i don't know how i ended up diverting off into financial services you know i I wanted to be a car journalist when i was when i was a kid you know i should have gone in that direction maybe um i didn't so to be able to do it to be involved with t911 and to be involved with nine works it's really exciting every time you know the wednesday Want comes out or the you know, the magazine arrives. I'm excited
1: to see oh, it. That's so amazing, mate. Uh, what a credit to you that that is as well. You know, that that's the case. And um, yeah, keep it going, mate. We all enjoy reading your work. So okay. Tops. Um, yeah, okay. So my my pause moment, and um, funny enough, we spoke about it earlier on and Neil, you touched on it. Um, it was uh, when you and I went away on that road trip. So for a bit of context, um, we'd acquired a 992 gt3 uh, manual from porsche gb and i just wanted to do a first firstly latest comparison it was an article that went into total 911 magazine um there, there is a video it is coming it's coming neil oh, good. <laughs> um yeah still sitting on that content but um yes yeah, so we did a magazine feature and um a YouTube video and it was over um, a couple of days as, as neil mentioned earlier on in the podcast up at the north york moors and uh, I mean, yeah, you know, the 992 was a revelation um, of what's lyrical about it before, but it was so awesome to put the first and, and the latest GT3s next to one another. And um, I mean, the gulf between them kind of technologically was absolutely outrageous. But I think more than anything, it just kind of highlighted the um, the charm of the, of the 996. And, you know, like the 996 GT3 over the Carrera of the time was like a, a mechanical approach to performance excellence, whether it's the 992, it's more of a technical um, evolution in that kind of performance Mm. excellence. And and there was a particular moment for me. So it was a two-day shoot, as you'll remember, Neil. We were on Mm. some fantastic roads. we're just about wrapped up for the day. We were en route back to uh, what would turn out to be pizza and crisps because it turns out there's no but nowhere in North York Moors that's open past six p.m. serving food on a Monday night. <laughs> Humans don't eat at that time up there, apparently. Um, so, but anyway, so yeah, we we were you know a good forty-five minutes from our hotel. The sun had just set and uh Neil and I kind of stand in there with the uh, set of keys to each other's car and, and Neil said well, what one do you want to drive back 992 or 996 and and I asked Neil if I could drive his 996 GT3 back um you're very kind to oblige so you jumped in the 992 and i've just got this memory that's like etched into well, it's etched mm. into my head it will, ne- it will never leave and as as we're kind of we're chasing the sunset across the north york moors Neil's in front with that just kind of nice warm glow of the 992 GT3's um, full width rear strip. And I'm following it in the 996 and we're going at a a fair lick, I would say. Um, I I would argue it's a little bit harder in the 996 trying to keep up and kind of keep the car honest. But we were zipping through these North York roads and I just thought, you know what, this is exactly why... um, why i why i do what i do and, and it's you know moments like that particularly off the backdrop of you know a difficult year in regards to uh lockdowns and all the rest of it you know to to get behind the wheel of just two absolutely awesome outrageous machines such as those gt3s and have just a good old-fashioned road trip really just kind of underlined really i think why we all love the industry and, and as i say that mm. was a really kind of special moment for me so that's my portion
3: well you did not What you don't realise is the chaos that was going on in the 992, because we couldn't get the um, sat-nav to work (laughs) because it was so dumb Complicated. So Ali had his had had the um, instructions up on his phone on Maps, and he was shouting them out to me: turn left, turn right. So it's like being in a rally car. <laughs> so we couldn't get the nine nine two sat nav to play ball because of because I think it was something to do with the GPS up there. Like we, we just couldn't get a signal. Like Nothing. Yeah. We couldn't get it. So it was like being in a rally car with yeah, Ali. It was good. Well, I mean,
1: yeah, Ali providing the pace notes. I think PCM five is complicated enough at the best of times yeah. from what we've seen mm. so far. PCM six has vastly improved, in my opinion. But um yeah, again, that that only adds to the magic, Neil, if mm. anything, I would say. It, was cool. it
2: so, was cool.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Go on then, Andy, to wrap yeah. it up. What's your Porsche moment of twenty twenty
0: one?
2: Yeah, um found this one difficult one to pin something down. But um a night that I really enjoyed was um a Duke of London Porsche night. It was uh, I think it was the August one. Um to put to sort of help people uh, remember which one it was. It was when Marcus Eckerman's turquoise blue nine nine three was parked mm. right out the front. It um, is worth
1: for context pointing out who Marcus Eckerman is, Andy, I'd say.
2: Sorry, yeah, Marcus was um well, you would I'm sure you'd say who exactly was, you'd know his job title. I, was it MD of Porsche GB?
1: Am I exact, correct? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly yeah.
2: that. Um, so, yeah, I had a really good chat with Marcus that night. That was, um that was enjoyable, but the, just the whole night, it was a, a really hot evening mm. from what I remember. Um Obviously being summertime, was it July or August? I can't remember, but it was, you know, it was a late, one as in the sun was stayed up in the sky for quite a long time. And it was just a, a real good, good night, and a, really Duke of London is such a great location for that sort mm. of vibe and um just getting the right people together. And I, I yeah, I, it was that, just, was that was a good
4: day. That was a good day, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: I yeah. enjoyed that evening a lot as well. Yeah, mm. it just had the real good vibe to it, and was my sort of highlight of yeah. Just loved that evening.
3: And you just don't seem to there. get any. You don't seem to get any dicks there. You know, you don't get these people who, you know, ju- just want their car to shout out loud and look at me and whatever. you know, people are very reserved there. And, not, you know, I, I just find it a good mix of people. And shout out to Mer- Merlin. He does a, he does a great job there. He, he's, he's got a cool, cool space there. It yeah. really is good. Really yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that
1: was my highlight of the year. Mm. Absolutely awesome, Andy B. So that wraps up the uh, the Nine Works Twenty Twenty One Award from from our team. Which is pretty awesome. There's some great answers in there. If you're listening at home and you're still with us as well, thank you, because that is a Le Mans-spec effort of endurance <laughs> to, <laughs> to <laughs> wade one. through, yeah, like nine questions times four people and four different answers. So um, as we said, you know, we'll, we'll pop the questions through social media in the ensuing week. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear your answers to those, particularly the Porsche moment as well. Again, it's a really kind of personal um, insight, I would say, to, to kind of the year everybody's had from a Porsche perspective. So please do share that.
2: Yeah. Get involved on that this week. I think it'd be yeah, good. Really good. good really interesting. Yeah.
4: Be yeah. interested to hear what everyone's got to say. So you're going to do a, a post for
1: each, um, each question. Each category, question. Yeah, each Excellent.
0: Question,
1: yeah. 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 And we'll, and we'll see what people have to say. Um, yeah. So that, that wraps up the series, the first series of, uh, nine works radio, as we know it, um, Max and Neil, absolute pleasure having you along for the right of us. I think we've done three or four episodes um, this series and and we've greatly valued your insight has, as have the listeners. So thank you. Thank you. I really enjoy it. Really, really enjoy Mm.
3: it. um, Are we going to be invited back for series two?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll have a chat, Andy. Shall we? <laughs> yeah, chat about that. No, of yeah. course you are. Absolutely part of the team. So, because I bought a microphone now, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely part of the team. So, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to hearing your uh, opinions and, and listening in on your experiences as we go into 2022. Um, Andy B., a pleasure as always. Good, sir to you at home listening thank you as always for your support particularly to our patrons we greatly appreciate the support of our patrons there will be gifts going out to patrons in the new year yeah um, sorry I we think, haven't made it for christmas <laughs> it's been a bit busy well we've got some ideas ticking i think it's fair to say yeah. and that, so we kind of want to evolve the idea of the christmas present and kind of go with something with a little bit more uh perhaps longevity to it so um keep your eye out for that it'll involve a little bit of a revamp as well yeah. um so andy and i've got some things cooking on that but yeah otherwise thanks f- very much for listening to us in 2021 we look forward to having you along for the ride in 2022 Absolutely. so that's it from nine works radio see you next year yeah. Yeah. happy, happy christmas. Christmas. christmas happy christmas Bye. this episode is brought to you by our very kind patreons if you enjoy the podcast and would like to join them in supporting us, you can do so at www.patreon.com backslash NineWorks Radio.